0: Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Gary Lineham. Gary is a co-founder of Human Garage and the pioneer behind Fascial Maneuvers. Fascial Maneuvers is a self-care movement system that improves mobility and reduces stress throughout the entire body. To help achieve his mission of teaching 1 billion people learn to heal themselves, he's made access to fascial maneuvers and the full 28-day reset program absolutely free. After 10 years of providing traditional and alternative treatments through his clinic in Venice Beach, California, he realized that unless people learn to heal themselves, the results were at best temporary. A former amateur bodybuilder and serial entrepreneur, Gary is no stranger to pain and stress. His quest for solutions to his own suffering is what ultimately led to the development of fascial maneuvers. With over 2 million new followers in 2022 alone, his message is striking a chord with people all over the world. And I know it did with me. In this episode, Gary shares his own personal experience with chronic pain and how he discovered the recipe to be pain-free. His recipe lies in the body's fascia and specific fascial maneuvers. And if you're like, fascia what? Don't worry, we'll explain it all. Gary and his team have helped thousands of people live pain-free, and if we can tune in and take away just a few of them, we'll be in good shape. It also helps that all of these moves live free on their YouTube channel. Gary, welcome to the show. I mean, we probably could have just kept talking (laughs) before we hit record. Um, I am so excited about this conversation. I was telling you, I am a big fascia junkie, but I think what you teach is a little bit different than what I've learned. And I think everyone here should be nourishing their fascia and learning about it. And if for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what it is, don't worry, we're going to dive into that part. And also, I'm sure Gary's going to explain that there are so many definitions to fascia and what it can be. Um, but thank you so much, Gary, for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure. Listen, we have a little tradition. Um, so yeah, uh, fascia is a perceptual organ. Uh, so it takes on energy, emotions, thoughts, feelings. Um, that's how we know when somebody comes into the room and they're angry, you can kind of feel it. The mechanism of transfer of that was one of the things that we studied for 10 years because um, there's no biological way. It's not like it's a hormone that's transferring that information. So it's fascia, in our, our opinion today, that does that. So what we do is we do a little sync up before we do any meetings, before we drive a car, before we eat. Would you like to do that with me?
0: I would love to.
1: Okay, so it's really simple. I know you're pregnant. So there's, by the way, all of our work. Um, we have podcasts on. We have we have hundreds of women that have gone right from conception all the way through to the delivery room using the fascial maneuvers. So we've been testing it for a while. So let's go put your right foot just over over your left foot.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Put your right arm underneath your left armpit. And left arm on top. Okay. What you're going to do is you turn your head slowly to the left. And your body slowly to the right. There you go. And we're going to take six breaths in sync. Okay. And we'll breathe three through the mouth and three through the nose. And then we'll see how we feel afterwards. And I'll count it out. So three, two. One, breathe in for the mouth. Two. Three. Through the nose. Two. Three. Okay, good. Oh, so makes you feel a little calmer, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I may have to do that before every recording r- when we start. That felt great, especially so, even just like twisting my back a little bit.
1: <laughs> we, yeah, we do that before uh, a meeting. We do it before we eat because um, it takes us when we're sitting, when we come into the presence of somebody, about 20 to 30 minutes for our energies to sink. And basically it starts off, we believe the mechanism is a fascia. And then Math Institute will tell you, you know, the heart. And it's true, but how does the heart magnify that simple? Fascia happens to be the same chemical composition as a quartz crystal. Crystals amplify signals. So so basically, as our hearts sink, you know, and our organs start to sink, even our strides, if we walk together, will sink. But it takes 20 to 30 minutes for that to happen. And what we found is that with six breaths, we can sink our energies. So it makes all of our meetings more effective. We do it with our children. Um, It takes down that emotional, when people get stressed, especially children, they get stressed, we teach them at, you know, like at six, seven years old to wrap up to a little maneuver with mommy or daddy. And uh, that way it, it takes the, the energy out so that we can have conversation without that little bit of angst or fight or flight that's in there.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I will say I, I do actually feel significantly calmer right now. Um, And I was just coming from another meeting and I've had a crazy day. So any of our listeners, if you just did it, I hope you do too, or maybe hit the rewind button a bit, do it (laughs) and then see how you feel. But, you know, Gary, I'd love for us to start off with just you telling us a little bit about your journey, because I also find it very fascinating and how you became so focused um, on fascia and really what you guys do at the human garage.
1: Okay. So um, my journey is uh, a little complex. Um, I've, I, was, I was not in healthcare, but I, was, I started off as a bodybuilder back in the 80s before we had supplements, literally. I mean, we had egg album and desiccated liver. And then when I went pro, we had steroids. And those are the only supplements that you could really get out then, other than the multivitamin and stuff like that. So um, I was in chronic pain. I fell under a squat back, uh, back when I was about 17 years old, 600 pounds. And I was in, and I proceeded to have chronic pain, but it just it snuck up over the years and I was for 10 years worked up to a four to six pain constantly and then 10 years after that it was a six to nine pain so um, I was fairly well off in the financially in the businesses that I was in so I was in technology um, during the 80s and 90s you know, it was crazy. And I was able to pay for stuff, so I, so I went all over the world looking for ways to solve my own personal issues. And it manifested as back pains and neck pains, I thought. But what came with that is anxiety, uh, sometimes a little depression, anger, frustration, uh, feeling of helplessness, because um, when I couldn't care for my own body, I felt helpless. And when I was in pain and no one could help me, I felt helpless. So, um, so I'd spend about $2.5 million with the best practitioners in the world, and I went everywhere. And as soon as that, as soon as that, I knew that they weren't going to be able to help me anymore or at all, I left. And that's how I got to 300 practitioners over the course of those 20 years. And, um, and it wasn't about the practitioners are all good people for those who are my practitioners. It's that there was something different in my body that we were trying to explain. So in 2010, um, there was one guy, um, named David Rubenstein, who's a PhD, he had published. He was a published PhD. He was a scientist, not a doctor, but he was. He he had worked with fascia, or sorry, he worked with brain-body calibration. What he thought was at the time brain-body calibration. We know different today, but but that was the only therapy that ever 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 reduced my pain. And so I went back to him and said. Basically, I'm getting worse. I lost my ability to. At one point, I had a series of other things. I had eight concussions, um, so the PTSD on top of that. It was it was kind of like the same thing I would see when I'm working with a Navy SEAL today, that kind of trauma. And I uh, one day I lost my ability to use my computer. I couldn't remember how to use the screen, and that that moment um, uh, I knew enough about. Uh, I've been studying my whole life uh, medicine for that twenty years. Because I was paying doctors a lot of money, so I would research, and I would even pay them to teach me. So I, had, I was educated by some of the best practitioners in the world, um, just personally, not for any other reason. I just wanted to know, because I was trying to figure out my own, my own problems. And um, what I found uh, at, at, uh, is that Dr. Rubenstein, he got me out of pain, and his therapy had worked, and it was a, mo- it was a motion-based therapy, and, and it got me up and moving. So movement is really the cure to all disease and the original movement that we have is breath so it got me moving again and I was grateful for that and there at one point it stopped and it just wouldn't go any further and we didn't know why so that's when we I wanted to bring in other practitioners and that's where we parted our ways he wanted to only his the rubenstein center to only have his therapy in it, and I wanted to bring in other practitioners that was the defining moment and that led to starting the human garage and the human garage was was not the reason why we were doing it i was doing it for my business is because i was in so much pain and dysfunction i needed something every day and literally i i couldn't cooperate my businesses anymore if i needed therapy it just is impractical and i was going four to six days a week for something so i just decided that i had to make my business therapy and that's how i got into into therapy so we brought in practitioners around the world we ended up with 52 in our clinic. We had. Um, We had uh, 10,000, sorry, 15,000 so 10,000 active patients at that time. And we we ran hundreds of thousands of treatments. And what we were doing is I was using this as a way of trying to understand the body in a new way, because I knew that everything I'd been to every modality that you could imagine that was substantial, that had any play and even the ones that weren't the fringe ones at the end. And I was just looking for an answer. How do I solve my own problem? And so the... It was never meant to be a business, and we started Human Garage in the garage, literally. Because I was just, I took a a, a a therapist, and we were working on these on these movements that we thought would work, and so we would just work every day in the garage, and people would walk by, and eventually somebody, you know, would came came by, and we, and he was a hairstylist, but he was a hairstylist to celebrities. He lived in the same place that we did. And he uh, said, you got to help me with my back. And he kept bothering us and talking. So one day we did. And it took his 10-year issue with his back and eliminated it within three sessions. So we made that a protocol. But what happened was is he started sending all his celebrity clients. So they used to come to our garage in an apartment building. And, and we moved it out of heat into an 800-square-foot apartment. We took out all the furniture. And we had two rooms in a living room and a kitchen 800 square feet pretty small but that was our therapy we had no walls uh no process we it was just us trying to figure it out and we would learn something new and the next 20 people that came through got that and we would watch and we'd see and because they got benefit they kept coming back so human garage was a big education and it was an experimentation on 10,000 people who happily willingly did it knowing that we that i wasn't a doctor knowing that that I that I that we had just figured this out, but they, it was all referral. So at the end, we had, we were we had about three thousand people on a waiting list um, constantly, and um, and it just wasn't effective. We weren't able to get our message out, and we were also weren't able to expand the therapy business. Uh, there's just something about individual therapy that doesn't reproduce. It doesn't work well when you try to franchise it, and we figured that out. So. We were looking for a better way to meet our audience. And, um, and then something really surprising happened in 2019. It's shocking. Is that our, our base of clients in physical medicine is 40 to 65 years old. And overnight, it turned into 25 to 35-year-old women, 80% of them. And 100% of them had autoimmune disease. Now, our clients come from all over the world. They're all genetically different. They all have different exposures chemically and that stuff like that. But they all had the same common issue. And at that point, we knew something was big was coming in the world, but we didn't know what. We were already dealing with infertility. We had a fertility program and stuff like that. And we were known for getting women pregnant. But I always say that in jest because it always sounds that. But we had a fertility program. It was working really well. But we were trying to answer this bigger question. Why was everybody so sick? And, and we were, we were, what we would normally do in medicine is people have the minimum amount of tests. But we used all of our profits Um, to test people so because we were doing so well we'd say can we run an extra couple of tests on you we'll pay for them we just want the data and we'd share them and talk to them but so what we did is we ran 50,000 unneeded tests on 10,000 people and through doing that we were developing a new way of looking at the human body and um, and we were trying to answer the question of why why what's out there is not working because if you think about it today uh, there was like approximately one practitioner for every 50,000 people at the turn of the century at 1800s uh, to the 1900s today. Um, and practitioners to help them with their health, either mentally, physically, because your doctor was your OB, your gyno, your psychiatrist, your friend. But but now today, it's one in four people are doing something in health, whether it's Reiki or crystals or oils or whatever. But we now as a society are the sickest we've ever been in the history of the world. Every disease and every dysfunction is at its peak uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even in mechanically, like in sports, like in basketball, which we had a lot of NBA clients. They're at the the rate, the number of, of injuries is going up by thousands of percent. But it, but our ability to fit we didn't see it because our ability to fix them, like 10 years ago, um, an injury that would have taken an athlete out for their career was a day surgery today. So we're just fixing faster, but we're not standing back and saying more injuries are happening and they got more complex like even in sports it was rotational cross diagonal breaks and all these weird things that you just didn't see so again i wasn't a practitioner i'm i'm an was an entrepreneur and i specialized in, in data and encryption so i just looked at puzzles a different way and i said this is a puzzle and that's what led us to to shut down the human garage um And we did our best, but it was a big, big machine. We were, we did thousands of appointments a month and we were trying to close it down. So we did our best. Not everybody's happy. And, and a lot of people were angry that we left, but we, we knew that something was missing. And the the primary thing that we found that was missing was it was me. I was getting therapy from my people, but I wasn't doing my own therapy on myself. And so the missing part to healthcare was my ability to help myself for more than, more than just, I have a bad neck and I don't want to. I don't want to wait three days or four days with pain to go see a, a practitioner. I want to be able to do something now because that three or four days, that pain is putting my body in fight or flight. So it doesn't matter what program I'm running, what new diets I run or what nutraceuticals I run or take. Um, if I'm in pain, my body is overriding that. My food's not digesting. I'm not processing. I'm not healing. I'm not sleeping. So there had to be something to do. And I'd gotten myself out of pain, but I also got therapy five days a week. So, you know, little adjustments here. <clears throat> and I tricked myself into believing I was okay. And I went on my first two-week vacation and it all started to unravel. Like I'd worked seven years without a vacation, six days a week. And everything started to unravel. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was just convinced myself that I'd done better because I was doing more therapy. And, and I, didn't, I don't believe that we should need therapy in our life. If, if the answer is you need to go to a doctor, or practitioner for maintenance all your life, there's something wrong um we didn't have to do that 100 years ago so why are we doing it today that's a little bit about how we got here so we the fascial maneuvers was a process when the pandemic came it was a perfect setup what we did is is we didn't have to work it's the first time in my life since i was nine years old i didn't work and what we did is decide to live our belief system so we did these maneuvers and we did them every day and the transition started to happen our our whole lives changed Uh, physically all of our pain started to go away all the problems started to resolve I I was always getting adjusted by my partner and using an activator to get my ribs back in place and, and getting, you know, getting releases and stuff like that. And so all of those gradually went away. And then when they went away, that's when the real transformation happened, because when you're out of pain, we can start to self actualize and our emotions changed, our families changed our relationships. And, and we saw that that was so powerful that, and that transformation and we did it ourselves. We didn't use any tools, no therapies, we didn't take any supplements. All we did is took basic minerals and did fascial maneuvers for two years. And and then we and that's what made the transformation. And then, then we knew we had something because we didn't have to tell people that you have to do something. Today, we're in 80 countries. And by far, the majority of the people in some of these countries, they couldn't afford one supplement. They couldn't afford one tablet. So we wanted something that worked universally across the world that everybody could do. And what we found was the cure for everything was already inside our bodies. How, how, we got Gary,
0: how, Gary, did you figure out, so, like, <laughs> going, even you saying, like, you know, on that two-week vacation thing started to unravel, how did you get to the point? And I do want to also have you define fascia for anyone listening that has not heard of it or your own definition of it as well. But how did you end up realizing <clears throat> that these fascial maneuvers <clears throat> were the missing link or, like, were that key? Evidence
1: but just, evidence on just trying it yep. yeah we, yeah we became yeah. citizen scientists and we watched each other we shared it with other people and <clears throat> over the course we put out a couple of videos online well just on our personal youtube our personal um facebook and all of a sudden there was ten thousand people overnight that just started doing them <clears throat> now we have you know a year a year later um two years later now we have somewhere what we estimate between uh, 200 and 300 thousand people doing them daily, and we've touched you know roughly right now we've touched roughly about 100 million people, and we've done that in in the last year through media and contact. So what we're getting now is we have every day we get autoimmune. Uh, you can see it on our stories we put it up. Uh, I I had rheumatoid arthritis. I'm cleared. We're not saying that they're cured. Their doctors are saying they're cured, and their doctors are bringing and they're bringing back reports. And they're sharing them with us, so we have now every imaginable. We get between uh, between 150 one hundred and fifty and a thousand testimonials a day right now, and and the reason why Amazing. I believe it's so powerful is because it's not. <clears throat> they're not giving a testimony to our greatness. They're giving a testimony to the fact that they did it themselves, mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be. And and that doesn't mean we don't need practitioners. But we, the way it worked beforehand is we the practitioners were moms and grandmas and and when we got really sick 80% of of, of healthcare and, and and medicine was practiced by the women and by and through the culture and then when things got bad they went to the doctor and, and we have a society today that goes to the doctor the second that they have a cold or a flu so we've had this role reversal and we've taken out the we've taken out the knowledge and the wisdom in our in our own worlds about how the body works and we've become afraid of our own bodies like is that safe like we have people every day say to me, Is that movement safe? And I'm like, If you're asking me if moving your body is safe is a problem, that's the problem.
0: Yeah, I know. Cause we do have so much fear. So, Eric, can you just tell our listeners, in your opinion, <clears throat> what is fascia and why is it so important for us to nourish it and pay attention to it?
1: Okay. So we have our own clinical definition of fascia, but I'm not going to share that with you. And the reason why is because people are going to just start to trying to figure out what's inside. Now, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I mean by this. I'll give you some narratives to explain the way we see it. We don't want to be experts in fascia. I don't want to compete with scientists that are doing tests. We're experts in programming fascia, which is very different because our body is a biological, fluid adaptive computing system. And it just like any other computer, it takes inputs and outputs. It, it can we can receive information, we process it, we can store it. And even to the fact that we think our brain is a computer, our brain's not a computer. Our brain, our body's a computer. And our brain is a processor that runs programs. As much as the, that my friends who are neurologists are going to hate me when I say this, and I do, is that the job of the brain is literally to identify patterns and resolve them. So, and the brain has 100, uh, 100 billion nerve endings, but your fascia has, a, has 100 trillion nerve endings. And the difference between a billion and a trillion is if you stacked dollar bills up, a billion would be above the Empire State Building. A trillion would take you to the moon. So um, so what we we we've been taught that this brain has and nerve endings or cellular memory is what we contribute. All of our cells have memory. For those of you a lot of your 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 base would follow, like Dr. Bruce Lipton. So every cell is unique in its own, but and each cell has its own um charge, it has a 1.4 volts of charge with a negative and positive charge. And that we have 50 trillion cells. So we have 70 trillion volts of electricity in us. And we're not considering that when we think of us just as being biological. We're energetic first, and we're biology that reacts to the energetics. So fascia is, from a point of view, the world thinks of it as connective tissue, because it does, it connects everything. But let me give you hypotheses um just a way to look at it number one is fascia has the same chemical composition as a quartz crystal so basically we're a liquid crystal and crystals in a- in technology amplify signal so they can push stuff out like you have a crystal in your cell phone that amplifies a signal allows you to talk so basically we're a walking talking fluid crystal and we're not solid. so none of the bones in your body touch except for your your rib cage your teeth and your ears So the bones could not be structured because structure has to be nailed together. So then the question is, what are bones? What do they do? And then the bigger question is, what is structure? So your knee joint is like this. If it goes bone on bone, you're in pain. That means that that's that's structure nailed. But it's not supposed to be fascia what's holding it up. So we think that muscles move the body, but we can talk about that too. We don't even see muscles moving the body. We see the muscles moving to reaction. But imagine you took a big balloon. We're biotensegris. So we're like a balloon. This is like the balloon skin, the rubber, right? Inside of there, there's this gel-like substance called fascia. And when you look at it, it's all these water tubes that go and they dynamically move and the stuff flows in between. And it's it's not even, in the, not even the fascial lines that we see when we autopsy a body don't tell the true picture. The fascial lines that we see when we autopsy a body, it would be like looking at a riverbed a thousand years later, you see a few rocks running down, but you don't know if that river was 10 feet or a thousand feet. So when the body's alive, Basha acts much differently. And we see it acting as a gel. And inside that gel, imagine you took a toothpick, one for each leg, one for each arm, one for the spine, and you put a cholula cap, a wooden cap on there for the head. And they all float in there. They're not touching. And then you took 10 pieces of fruit and you stuck it inside there. And they all float in there too, because they all move around. <clears throat> so they're not touching. So that's what fascia, that's how it looks and acts more like it. And we develop over time these these lines to develop and force and load. But what we say is muscles don't move the body. And we use a simple example, anecdotal science example, to prove that. If I was to, um, if you were to take and step on a piece of glass, um, a nerve signal from the foot takes a second and a half to go up to the muscle skeletal system, through the brain, process what it is, the narrative, go back through the hemuculus and cerebellum, down to the foot for motor control. That's a second and a half. So if, if that would mean that if I walked on glass, I would be one, one thousand, ouch, move. <clears throat> but that's not what happens. I move right away. So science can't not have an answer. So it has to answer it. So it says it's a ganglion reflex, which is doctor hits your knee. That's an involuntary action. It, I don't choose which way my knee goes. It's just going to go. That's a ganglion or peripheral nervous system. Uh, peripheral nervous system. When but when I step on glass, I move my entire body intelligently to safety without ever ever uh, before my brain even knows that there's a danger. So something had to do that, and we and we were saying we believe fascia did that. That was our our hypothesis twelve years ago. And again, we don't want to be in the business of the, of. Scientifically defining it, we were just looking to understand it so that we could use it better, like your cell phone might come from a generation where everybody knows what's inside, what's the processor, what's the RAM, what's the camera. But my kids, they don't give a crap, they don't even know that the, they barely even know it has a battery, they know it has to plug in, they don't even understand a battery, there or an antenna. they just know how to use it better than us, and they do they use it way better than us so so there, there's something to be said about just using this tool, this, this computer, rather than trying to rip it apart and figure it out. And so we're on that side. And, and so looking at these gaping holes in, what, in the way that we, the narrative that we explained to how our bodies worked is what provide us, provide us the permission to think a different way. That's all it was. We weren't saying that science is wrong. We're just saying we couldn't reproduce this in, in life. And since I wasn't trained classically as a a doctor, and I practice many forms of medicine, but I wasn't trained as a doctor traditionally. I was trained in the field. I took some of the best and I learned from them right in hand, like the old stuff, apprenticeship. I worked alongside them until I understood what it was. And that's how my practice came. That's how I learned. And so, so I didn't have a training. I didn't have a precept to think of the body. So I just thought of it the way I saw it, which was, well, that didn't make sense to me when you say um, the muscles don't, you know, muscles move the body. And I said, well, how do we move when we step on glass? And I asked those kind of seemingly innocent questions, but those questions kept reproducing a result that I heard over and over again, which is, oh, that's just how the body is. And I found that one third of my conversations in healthcare were, oh, that's just how the body is. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scientist. I'm like, no way. You're telling me. You're telling me at one third of the time, what you're saying is it's magic and you're a scientist. And I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't work that way. So we, we were just asking tougher questions and we were just looking for solutions, but, our, but we weren't using, we had nothing to go on other than our hunches. So we had to use experience and we just built a big enough uh, pool of t- a ba- database of people, 10,000 of some of the best athletes in the world and celebrities and people know that story to test on. And and now we we look back at them years later, even five and six, seven years later. That's our science. It's not peer-reviewed. But I don't care if it's peer-reviewed. I want it to work. I want to feel good. I don't care what other people say. I want to feel good in my body. And that's that's how we came to the current state where we're at right now.
0: It can be so hard to remember to take your supplements every day. But sometimes all you need is to look forward to taking them. Nordic Naturals gummies are a convenient and delicious way to help you stick to your supplement routine. Gummies also have a higher bioavailability than capsules, helping your body absorb more nutrients more easily. And if you're looking to cut down on your sugar intake this year, Nordic Naturals offers a wide variety of zero sugar gummies for both adults and children. My personal favorite are the zero sugar curcumin gummies with their delicious mango taste. Head to nordic.com and use the code naturallywell 15 for 15% off all Nordic natural zero sugar gummies for adults and children. Are we, when we're nourishing our fascia or doing these fascial maneuvers, are we trying to make our fascia more fluid? Like, yes. do we find, so most people, their fascia is probably a little bit more rigid and then it's bringing kind of Calcified. that, like, in a way, like, hydra- you know, I say hydration, quote unquote, like. No, you know, you're like,
1: right. You're right.
0: But bringing that hydration in. So I'd love for you to share, you know, we were talking about some of your personal transformations just from doing some of these fascial maneuvers. And then I want to also get into like what the fascial maneuvers are and kind of how long you have to do them for them, how much time you have to spend each day. But what are some of the results you've seen not only in yourself, but also in a lot of your clients and patients?
1: So first and foremost, let's put this out here. So I don't get a hundred thousand literally calls to see us. We do not have a clinic. We do not touch anybody as as a practitioner anymore at all, ever again. For the rest of my life, I will not touch people. I will not charge. And everything that we do do, we do free of charge. We charge nothing. We're a not-for-profit company. We're uh, transitioning to a foundation right now. So what we do is we provide education and experience for people to understand their bodies in a new way. Fascial maneuvers is simply, in, in ancient culture, what, what we did to understand the body, what I did, was I looked at embryology, how we're born, how we're made, how we're constructed, and how we live. So, I went back to indigenous and said how they live. The one thing that they had in indigenous cultures that we don't have today is, in indigenous cultures, every day they danced, And so, fascial maneuvers is really slow motion dancing. And when we dance, we get rid of our trauma, our stress. We and when we dance with others, we exchange that trauma and stress, and we and that gives us a third point to get it out. So if I dance by myself, great. If I dance with you, even better. If we take a third person. You'll find that that dance just feels better at the end of it because of the way energy moves. Energy moves in triangle patterns, right? Because everything in our third dimension is triangulated. It's how we. it's, it's part of the matrix of who we are. So you're right, people are, are dehydrated. But what we found, and hydration's is a, a, a funny one, because you can go to different people, and you get different tests, and there's different versions of what it is. So let's just talk about, again, I don't want to argue about hydration. I'm just going to say that using subclinical measures, um, 75% of our, our patients um, from 2012 to 2019 were chronically dehydrated, which takes seven to 10 years to get there. And we were trying to answer the question why, because when we're working with physical, if we're doing physically trying to fix a shoulder or an elbow, and you're dehydrated, all the work that we do will reverse itself the day, the second you go out the door, from that second to a minute a day or a week, if, you're, if your tissue is not hydrated, because it's not going, because your tissue actually set that pattern in, that pattern of movement in, so you're moving with that injury. And then you go move it around, but that pattern is going to go back because that's where the tissue is, the fascia fascia holds it. Remember, the bones aren't structure, and the muscles that by themselves don't provide that kind of structure. Muscles can't. So it's the fascia that was pulling it in and out. And so the the idea was to, uh, we were looking at it from a different way, and we were saying, Uh, How how does this actually work? Because people are dehydrated. Why are they dehydrated? And we found some interesting things. Um, You're a nutritionist, right? So Mm -hmm. when you go look at your nutrition uh, schooling, you're going to find, if you look at things like, uh, look at your elements, because the way that hydration works is that we need elements in our body. Without elements, we don't absorb minerals properly. Mm -hmm. Without minerals, we don't absorb vitamins. Without vitamins, we don't process the hormones, or or, without minerals, we don't absorb water which allows us to process the vitamins, which allows for the hormones to flow and go to where they're supposed to. So what we found is that 100% of our, our patients tested were deficient in silica. What, what's interesting, I'm not going to call any conspiracies out, but if you go look in your nutrition manuals, you'll see lots of stuff on silica, on Calphos and all those other elements. And you'll have a paragraph on silica. But what people don't know is they're always trying to get more calcium, right? We have more silica in our bones than we do calcium. Babies are generally more silica, or not generally, babies have more silica and less calcium. And as we get older, we have more calcium and less silica. So it seemed to be a missing link. And that's where the foundation of of some of our supplements and products was we found ways to get that silica in different ways and get it into the body at high doses. And I know as a nutritionist, you would know diatomaceous earth and the power of it because it's 80% silicone never silica never mind the diatomes that, that exfoliate the insides of our body but what we what we found is we were giving people minerals and we we're giving them all the best minerals whether it's, whether it's fulvic or whatever it was but they still their tissue still wasn't holding the way that we thought it should so we just kept digging and digging and digging so we found that silica was uh was the main missing component and then on top of that. We started asking why, because our clients came from all over the world, and they came with different cultures. And different, so it can't be diet, it can't be their uh, their genetics, it can't be their nationalities. Had to be something that was common to everyone. And then we started. We looked at the chemical profiles in the food, and that was contributing. Certainly, uh, glyphosate and stuff like that was contributing. But we found something even worse: is that in one of our tests that we ran on several thousand people we were running hair follicle tests, which is not done very often. Usually it's only done to really, when it's, when it's desperate or it's kind of an old testing mechanism. There's only a couple labs that do it and do it well. So so we we were starting to run hair follicle testing and we found that every single person, and if it's in the hair, it doesn't mean it's, it shows up in your blood, by the way. That's why they do drug testing for people who are narcotics. The hair, yeah. They pull the hair because it's like, yeah, you beat the test, but let's see what you were doing like last year. You know, and- and what we found is elevated extremely in the red, barium, strontium, and aluminum in the hair follicles of everybody. And now, barium is uh, and, uh, aluminum. We know what it does, right? It's horrible. It's all neuromuscular diseases, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. It's been linked to everything you can imagine. But barium, what does it do? Barium depletes the body silica. So where is that coming from? Our skies. Geoengineering, and then we have strontium, which is a radioactive particle that basically lands in our lungs and causes agitation. A lot of people have lung agitation today. So we started talking about this, and part of the reason we moved out of the states is because when we started talking about this, banks started shutting us down, and you know the usual things. So, so what we found is we hit a sore spot. We found out that 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 this was something, and when they start shutting you off and shutting you down, you know that you're on the right track. So, so, we just had to move to another place in which we could you know process and start to continue to learn more. And then we started adding, and basically, um in our basic clients, um patients, we just high dose added silica at high doses. and we and and everything that that they're already doing started to work. We didn't change anything. So we had people on that were like unresolved cases for a long time. We added silica. Everything started working in their body. Because what silica was doing was it building the connective tissue, fascia. It was building our structure. And our structure was letting us down. And that's why we had nerve pain and bone pain. And the dehydration was causing uh, clamping. And that clamping is causing blood pressure. It's causing glandular issues. It's causing lymphedema. Because all the lymphs and the nerves and all that live inside these layers of fascia. So when the fascia is clamped, then they don't work right. And furthermore, those layers of fascia, they respond to emotions. If you're angry, your body yeah. tightens up right away. And and so fascia was most allopathic, you know, all allopathic medicine is muscle skeletal, rear brain back, basically. Um, the midbrain, the limbic system is is your um, your emotions, that's where Chinese medicine lives. It's your emotions, your organs, your meridians. That's the midbrain. And then the front, frontal brain, frontal, cortex, uh, frontal has a neocortex. That neocortex deals with perception. So let me give you an example. If I was to tell you that your, that your husband passed away, I got a message right now and I go, oh my God, your husband passed away and you believe me. And I showed you something. It had his name on It had a car that he drove. Your whole body goes into shock your body everything every system your digestive your emotional systems your nervous system everything starts to go into shock and then i tell you 5 minutes later oh my god it was a different guy he just happened to have the same car then you would start to come out of shock those chemicals would stay in your body for 4 to 6 hours as your body comes out of shock the the adrenaline norepinephrine and cortisol but nevertheless the mere suggestion that something was off affected every the perception affected every working system in your body. So why isn't perception, it's, that means it's the highest state of awareness, the highest state of programming of the human computer. So why isn't perception something that we're talking about in the healthcare system? Why isn't perception something we're talking about in our daily lives? I mean, we, we talk about it when we go to these mystics and the gurus, they, they change our perception. Well, what if pain isn't bad? What if pain is good for you? So that's a perception shift. But Mm -hmm. we but we have this tool, the fascia, the body has that body and the brain has sight, sound, touch, taste, hearing. And those are very powerful inputs to our perception. But they don't they also intuition, history, narratives, experience, right? Also lead into that. So the highest state of programming is our neocortex, which is not in a baby not formed until the ninth month. But that perception is uh, is can control everything. So if I can help you work through perception. And then you're going to get better. And this is what we did at the Olympic level. And I'm just kind of backwards integrating into who we were. When we're working with Olympic athlete, we're not making their muscles work better. We're dealing with perception. The the perception means the difference between a gold medal means a tenth of a second. It means the difference between a gold medal and not having one. And so that's what we were dealing with is we were dealing with perception and we were learning how to use perception to affect the human anatomy. And that's what fascia work is. It's taking the ability, the body's ability and the body's processing units and working at it at a perceptual level so that the body can heal itself. But here's the crazy part is, is that, is that you have the greatest input and control over perception because of our reticular activating system. So that little lobe that says, if I think it is, it's like if you, get a, if you buy a red car, everybody has a red car. So if people around talk um, and you put your brain on an EEG, if people around talk to talk You'll see, uh, and it's important, you'll see about half that lobe, reticular activating system, you'll see about half that system light up. But when you words come out of your mouth, that whole system is lit up. So that means that the strongest contribution to our perception is the words that come out of our mouth. So, so this is a whole different way of helping people because I can fix their bodies all day long and they'll stay in that trap forever. But if we don't change their perceptions the way they think, because my perception can even change my pH in a second. So that means my perception changes the way I, the food. I can be on the best diet, and it still doesn't work. This is why it's not working out there. This is what's yeah. going on.
0: No, it makes complete sense, right? And like we talk about mind mindset a lot, and obviously, like there are some differences and nuances, it, you know, between the two. But it it is it's it's how you look at things and how your body physically responds to it. Um, so, I want to make so one, one second.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. It is how you look at things, but take a step further. It's how you feel about things. Because Mm, sight is one way, but this really feeling, if I tell you about, about seeing an ocean for the first time, if I give you videos and all that, it doesn't compare to the experience of going there. So the experience of being there outweighs by thousands of times the knowledge or the sight of it. So it's really important that what we're talking about here, everything that we're doing, is something that you have to viscerally embody and feel. Otherwise, if I don't embody it, it's not going to work no matter what it is.
0: Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I'm curious here, and I know, we, you know, we probably can't run through all of them. But what would you say are like, for anyone listening, your top fascial maneuvers that people can just do each day, whether they should start their day with them? And kind of, how much time should they spend spend on it or spend doing it?
1: So, perfect question. Okay. So, what we did is there's ten primary fascial maneuvers, and all they are—it's a language of the body. Those ten movements take you through every every joint in the body moves through those ten movements. But we found that the first three reduce seventy-five to ninety percent of the biological stress in your body, measured by any measurement system you want, in fifteen minutes or less. So. If you can reset your stress at any time you want in 15 minutes, then you do that twice a day. You, what happens is, and you can go ask practitioners, if I was able to reset and get rid of my stress every day, twice a day, what would happen to my disease? They will all say the same thing. Your disease will go away or get better. So what we did is we have a tool that you can do in 15 minutes and reset your stress and you can do it in, by yourself and your kids can do it and you don't need anybody else. And if you do that long enough, then you do it before you eat, you digest properly. You do it when you get up in the morning. I, I like to do my fashion moves in the morning because at nighttime, what happens is we sleep. Our body's re- recovering. Recovering doesn't mean resting. It means it's working. And all of you get up in the morning, the first thing is I want to stretch, right? Well, because all those meridian lines are being pulled. They're like pulling power back into the organs as we're breathing and moving and even micro movements. And so in the morning, we're, we're a little bit stiff. So if I go and walk, I'm going to now, if I pull my shirt down like this and I walk, every step I take, I have to use energy, but that energy is hormonal energy. So that means that I can reduce and manage my hormones by not having to, by starting my day, by not walking from a restricted fascial place. Now, now to add a double down to that is if you do it at night and what we've show our, when we did sleep studies on ourselves was that that we would go instead of going into REM sleep in two, three hours, we go into REM sleep in 45 minutes, getting an extra hour and a half to two hours of REM sleep. So that's a pretty powerful and we have a seven minute called fascial organ reset that when we do it, um it it does it when you look at like our acupuncturists that we work with, they'll test out the body and say, this is what I would do. They do that seven minute organ, fascial organ reset and 80% of what they would have done in the body is is completed at the end of that as an acupuncturist. And so what we do is we do that before we go to sleep and then we're calm. And children, you get them to, to, to do the fascial organ reset. It resets their anger, like their liver, anger, stomach, desire. It's their, you know, their gallbladder, resentment. So what happens is with their children, we have all of our families get it, doing it with their children so that they can self-regulate their emotions in this tumultuous world.
0: Yeah, I mean, Gary, I'm I'm headed into the toddler phase right now with my son, so I'm like, this is music to my ears. I'm going to be having him do some maneuvers. Um, and you can do some on him too. Well, and it's so interesting. So you said for to reset your stress in 15 minutes, that's just three maneuvers, not the yep. full 10. Yep. So, and, and where can we find these maneuvers? Where can, you know, is it All on free your of website charge. or? Yeah.
1: All free of charge on our YouTube. And we also have, awesome. but when you want to take it to the next step and start healing, because what happens is if, you, if you do that every day, you're going to have a healing by the end of the 28th day. The, tw- the human stress habit cycle is 28 days. That's why we go to rehab for 28 days. Not 21, 28. It's a moon cycle. So when you do, when you reset your stress one to two times a day for 28 days, your whole, basically your body, your brain reserves energy for your day because it knows how much you're going to use but it doesn't believe that you've done something until the 28th day and it drops it down. So your stress habit cycle is set down. So what you can do is, is we, we, when you get past and you start doing the fashion maneuvers, you start having uh, sometimes what looks like a healing crisis or a detox or an emotional detox. That's what starts happening. Then we have a whole community full of practitioners and coaches all around the world and a whole community of people. We have a 28-day full life reset that's where people, when I said to you earlier, we have people um, showing us their reversals of their autoimmune disease and their dysfunction. We have women reversing their scoliosis by themselves within two to three months and we all evidence, but we're not producing it. They are. And yeah. so that 28 day reset is inside of our community portal and inside our community portal is where people share. And, and what you do when you go in there, there's, there's like thousands of people sharing their journeys and saying every day what's happening so you can actually follow their stories.
0: That's so amazing. And if you were to say, so it's like, if I were to do all 10 maneuvers each morning, how long, cause I just know like, our audience who like everyone's trying to figure, okay, like with their schedule, how long would it Not realistically practical. take me?
1: You know, some people are really, really oh, good. okay. I, I do the 10 maneuvers myself. I can do them in yeah. 20 minutes because I know them. I don't stop. You know them so them. well. Yeah. But, but the first three take 15 minutes or less. And when you get, there's two of them in the stress reset, which is the Stress reset and the fascial organ reset—they can combine to be done in twelve to fifteen minutes, and I can do them as little seven to ten. If I'm in a hurry, I will just—I won't hold the full breath. I still get the results, but just not all of them.
0: Okay, So, good. so kind 15. of start with those first. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, I, I'm ready because to we're, do talking now, I'm like cool. <laughs> we're talking about habits.
1: We're talking—we're talking about habits, right? Yes, and, and, I know, and,
0: and building those habits.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's like. um like it's easier to get people to habituate taking a pill than it is to do a breath or a movement. So we, what we did is we, when we found that that first three movements cause that are the bigger stress reduction, and it's not just stress. Those movements then reduce your hips. Like for you, a lot of yeah. right now pregnancy, so it gets rid of all your hip pain and, and back pain and lower back pain. It gets rid of the bloating and the puffiness, and it mm-hmm. reduces the edema in your legs and all that just from doing that 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. No, I will be doing it. Well, Gary, this has been so great. I don't want to take up more of your time. Um, I will say we'd love to end every episode, the little rapid fire Q and a, so three questions, first thing that comes to mind. So our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Um, and <laughs> we may know the answer to this first one, but what is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool?
1: Right I don't do, I, actually <laughs> I, I don't I don't do anything else but them now today, strictly. i I do that and I move through nature. Actually, my favorite is moving through nature. we We like to climb and boulder and hike, but if I don't have the ability to move through nature, I do a fashion maneuver
0: so fascinating. we actually we just had a recording all about nature therapy and forest bathing, and it's like, yeah, they go hand in hand. Um okay, second question: coffee or tea or neither?
1: Neither. Because when we coffee or tea is to fire the endocrine system and the endocrine system is only needs to be fired when our fascia is restricted, because then we, as we move, we need to use that energy. So if we want to have our hormones balanced again, we do fascial maneuvers and we move fascially, not through, uh, not through adrenaline, adrenaline, nor, uh, norepinephrine and cortisol were designed so, like, if you walk out on the street and a car honks, you jump and you move back. That's the, or that's what that, that those chemicals were designed to do but we use them for movement throughout the day. That's why we drink coffee. So once your, once your body gets kicks the, the hormonal drive from, from that kind of activity, then fast through fascial maneuvers, then you don't need it. And most people stop kick their coffee right away.
0: I love it. What is your favorite home cooked meal? Soup. What I am kind of um,
1: well, um, we, uh, we take everything in the kitchen. Uh, we cook as a team. We eat as a team. We move as a team. So when we work, we actually cook throughout our workday because uh, in our retreat centers, the stove's there. So what we do is we all cook. We all participate. We dance. We laugh as we do it. It's really important um, that, that when we cook and we eat our food, we do it in joy because food fires hormones. Hormones are what habituate patterns. So if I'm angry when I eat, I'm actually I'm – actually habituating anger in my nervous system. Just like dopamine. You know, we're so worried about what we do on our phones. It's it's what, how we feel when we eat is way more important.
0: No, it's so true. And even like you said, right, like doing that, that we did at the start of this recording, taking that time to calm down before you eat has a huge impact on digestion, your feelings of when you're eating the feelings about the food that you're eating and paying attention to it. So I am all about that. And well, how long
1: did that take you? Six breaths. So Oh, you- I know.
0: And it, it really did feel like I really felt extremely calmer after I feel like I was running around. It, all feels, day like a, it feels
1: like a meditation session. And mm-hmm. it's three, it three, really breaths does. And three through the nose, counter-rotated because that counter-rotated is a fetal position.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it felt physically better than a meditation session i would say it does it does Uh, well i know gary you shared that we can find a lot of this stuff on your youtube channel where else can people connect with you and the human garage and just learn more um, if they're interested and fascinated by today's recording
1: oh this guy couldn't walk uh oh Oh,
0: he's so cute he's old
1: his hips wouldn't work and we fixed them fascially in just a just a couple hours
0: for anyone listening, that was Gary's dog.
1: <laughs> so um, so uh, you can, um, our, our, the best place to get information is in our community portal. Um, social media just shows the world quick tips, but those quick tips are meant to help you want to come in and engage and start healing yourself and learning. So we, we teach all that in our community portal. Our 28-Day Reset is the primary trauma and release program that we have. It's physical, uh, digestive, emotional, Um, and perceptual trauma release.
0: Amazing. Well, Gary, thank you so much for your time. I mean, honestly, I still had a list of questions that hopefully maybe I'll get to pick your brain again um, one day, but this has been so informative. And I know, you know, the next step for myself and hopefully a lot of our listeners is to start doing some of these fascial maneuvers and start feeling and seeing the benefits. Well, you've already done it.
1: It starts with six (laughs) breaths.
0: I know I did it once. Now I'm like, no, I, I'm like, is it going to be weird if I have all of our guests start our recordings that Why way? Why not? But it it's, feels good. We right? get into the so. flow. It's like it's, it's <laughs> optimal performance. Thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate your time. This week's actionable step is to try either the 15 minute reset your stress routine or seven minute organ reset, which can both be found on the human garage's YouTube channel and notice how you feel after. If you feel great, start to slowly work it into your week or into your daily routine and start the path to pain-free movement. And if you want to learn more about the body's fascinating fascia, make sure to go listen to our episode, taller, slimmer, younger with Lauren Roxborough. She is touted as the body whisperer by many athletes and celebrities. And for good reason, thank you for listening to naturally well by Nordic naturals. And remember you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our naturally well YouTube channel for something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at live well with Kate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Wells, hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Stephen. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.